Hello, this is Catching Up With, a podcast from the University of Brighton, profiling staff from across the university. I'm Richard Newman, and in this episode, we're already up to episode 14. I've been speaking to Ioannis Pantelidis, Principal Lecturer in the School of Sport and Service Management, or SASM. Ioannis is a busy man. We talked about the Imaginarium he's helped set up in Eastbourne. And as he occupies many roles, not just at this university, I started by asking him to sum it all up. I would say I am at heart a storyteller and I'd like to be, I think I am a practical philosopher. Uh, I, <laughs> what does that mean? Um, uh, I, I, I do teach uh, and uh, learn and research uh, and philosophize in hospitality. Um, I am involved in all levels, from the undergraduate to postgraduate to, to the um, P- with PhD students, we do a number of research projects, um, and uh, I'm also running or trying to help with the admissions and the widening participation and um, the recruitment at the School of Sport and, Ex- uh, Sport and Service Management. And uh, beyond that, I like to keep things moving so uh, I'm involved with the Council of Hospitality Management Education I'm the current chair uh, very recently got that post I was vice chair for, for the past four years and my colleagues um, in the country and Europe elected me to to lead that uh, group and what we try to do is we try to promote excellence in hospitality management education so we represent over 40 universities and further education colleges I'm involved with the uh, with with an American association as well, where we try to collaborate more uh, with uh, U.S. and U.K. Um, academics. And I'm also a co-editor of the Journal of Tourism and Hospitality uh, Research. <laughs> I'll leave the rest. Of the, I'll we'll bore people to death. So let's let's, let's move on from that. But, but somehow you still managed to find time to come and speak to me. So thank you for that. Oh, yeah. that's, <laughs> um, that's a pleasure. I, I enjoyed listening to some of the podcast. So you trapped me into one of those. I I, I recommended somebody else, and then you um, quite nicely trapped me. <laughs> let's go back then and um if you could tell us about your background so yeah. how have you ended up at this point i i i used to call myself an accidental academic until i realized i have been an academic now for 17 years so i cannot get away with it anymore but uh my background um and a lot of my research is very much grounded in um, hotels and restaurants because i i was born uh, on a very small island and um, i had two choices i either become a fisherman or a hotelier and um, I'd like to believe I became both. <laughs> so I've opened hotels and, and restaurants and I enjoy my fishing. Uh, but um, I then, I was very restless spirit uh, and traveled uh, Europe and uh, somehow ended up on another very big island, uh, which I'm still here 22 years later. Uh, and um, it all became, it, w- it was almost accidental because um, at the time my plan was to come to the UK um, work in big hotels, uh, study for a master's degree, then go back and run the family businesses and, and the restaurant that I opened with my brother. And uh, what happened at the time was uh, I met my good wife and uh, the University of Surrey where I did my um, master's offered me a job I couldn't refuse. And um, with the blessing of the family and particularly my good mother, uh, I uh, decided to stay for a couple of years 
couple of years became 22. <laughs> that's, that's in a nutshell uh, what happened. Where are you from and, how, and what's happening with the restaurant now? Oh, the restaurant is one, it's, the restaurant is an award-winning restaurant and is one of the top ones in the Dodecanese, uh, southeast part of Greece. Uh, still running, um, and uh, my brother, who's a chef, uh, is, is running a very successful business there. Uh, and in fact, he has uh, enlarged it since we originally opened it. So I do regularly go and enjoy uh, a nice meal. And uh, sometimes I get roped in on being a waiter again. Um, so yeah, it's good fun. You, you said that you had, you felt like you almost had like two options then. Yes. One of those obviously become a passion because you've not moved you've not moved away from it so yes. uh, although you if you, you said that there was only two options one of them it didn't, didn't end up being too forced in the end no i think i think part of being in hospitality um is is your character and your attitude and i think um you you can take the academic out of the waiter spirit but you cannot take the waiter's spirit out of the academic so i i'm still very much in love and passionate about all things hospitality because it's for me it's kind of a live lab um that you can do anything you tell me any industry and i can i can tell you how it fits um you know from pharmaceuticals um all the way to i don't know banking i can tell you how a restaurant is a perfect case study for it do you miss doing the frontline stuff I don't. I don't because I do it still. <laughs> I, um, my colleagues at uh, the eSport campus know that every morning now I will, I will go to the training restaurant and I'll start my day with uh, retraining my barista skills, uh, um, try and make a mean coffee. Um, I, I'm a hands-on person, so I still uh, go out there and do a lot of work with, with industry. And, and that's why I love working with Chimmy because... Um, getting back to, to the um, front desk and the, and the back of house uh, and really working with, with great leaders, captains of the industries is what, what excites me as well. Yeah, so what, what do you love most about that move into, into higher education? What I love most is, and the reason why I left industry and, and um, became poor again, <laughs> is, is I, I love working with the students and um, I love looking the, the difference between industry and academia is that my clients keep in touch with me throughout their life uh, and become lo- lifelong friends. And there's nothing like the pride of seeing a student of yours uh, getting married, being invited to a wedding, uh, the christenings of their children, uh, and seeing them do fantastically well and getting better salaries than you and, and being leaders uh, in their own right. Yeah, uh, proud moment, I'm sure. Um, let's talk about the Imaginarium, ah, yes. uh, because you're heavily involved in that. Can you explain what it is, first of all? Um, it's, uh, it's one of the latest projects. Is, uh, the Imaginarium is, uh, became <laughs> an idea when I uh, worked really hard to get through a postgraduate module called Hospitality Imagineering. The essence of the Imaginarium is if you imagine it, you can engineer it. <laughs> and and it's, a, it's a little internal incubator, uh, if I can call it that, because it's only for students. Uh, and what we are trying to do there is we're trying to get the students from year one, if they're undergraduate, uh, but it's open to all, all levels from, from undergraduate to PhD, uh, to try and, and become or start up their business before they even graduate. So if they want to start up a consultancy, if they have a product uh, that they want to develop, anything that they want to do, we've got the space and we've got the, uh, the equipment, but most importantly, we've got the mentorship. Uh, and we've got, currently we've got 10 academics uh, from our school 
who have uh, volunteered their time and effort and also have linked the possibilities of, of starting up your own business with, with uh, something like 12 or 13 modules, uh, undergraduate and postgraduate taught, taught modules. So the students can start up their own business, get credits, get the skills. Uh, Be Purple has been amazing in, in helping us with this and we've teamed up with them. So uh, we are heavily promoting their uh, seminars as well. And we already have a, a really good uptake. Uh, as I said, we already have an uptake from both academics being mentors and uh, a, a good number of students who are using the space. And do you find it's quite a range of ideas coming through as oh, well? Oh, yeah. Yesterday I was speaking to some of the sport coaching students uh, who want to start their business. Now, I, I know nothing about sports coaching um, uh, apart from doing a few sports myself, but nothing about coaching. So the essence of what we were talking about is how they would start their own business uh, from scratch. So I know everything about building a business um, from how easy it is to start a limited uh, business to how difficult it is to network and, and actually uh, um, keep the cash flow running so these are the stuff we were talking with them and they seem to understand the language so um, no matter what you do um, we, we can help and how can people find out more uh, we are actually we just finished uh, filming a video about it and pretty soon there's going to be a blog um, a blog spot about it but actually there's already the video has already been uploaded on the university pages uh, and there is a student central uh, area as well uh, where the students can go and self-enroll, uh, mentors can contact me to, to become mentors. Uh, but I think more importantly for this podcast, if anybody's interested in other schools to uh, develop something like that, you know, just pick up the phone, give me a call, happy to share the information. Um, I think the uh, colleagues at the enterprise office love the idea and they would like to replicate it. So if anybody at any school wants to replicate the idea, all you need is a little bit of space, lots of energy and the goodwill of the good people around you who are going to mentor the students. Okay, um, you've been at university for a while now. We ask this in every podcast. So um, could you try and sum up what you think the university does best? I'm a youngling compared to uh, everybody else here. I'm only seven, almost eight years now. It's uh, enough time. <laughs> they, they tell me I'm a, I'm a youngling, so, <laughs> so I'll take that. In Eastbourne, they tell me I'm a youngling. Um, the thing we do best, I think, is we are kind and humble. Uh, what I mean by that is um, we certainly embrace our students as part of our extended family. Uh, the way we talk to our students, the way we communicate with them, uh, and the way we talk to each other, and the way we communicate with each other, I think is one of the kindest, nicest places I've ever worked. Um, coupled with the physical environment, and, and I think it would be, be very hard uh, to find another place uh, which is so wonderful to work uh, at. Away from work then, some quickfire questions. Uh, nothing too taxing, but first of all, What's your favourite place in Sussex since you've settled here? Oh, uh, I've got it. I've got my perfect spot because I spent so much time working. Uh, my my first spot is, is um, a little corner uh, for the eight years that I will always have a coffee there, which is at the top of Grainer Two, uh, which is designed for students actually, but students rarely use it. I go there and it has a beautiful sea view, so I have my coffee there after I've created it at the uh, training restaurant <laughs> and uh, just spend five minutes reflecting and start the day. And that, that is my, uh, one of my favorite ones. The other one is, of course, the Downs. Uh, always do a walk in the morning with uh, Wolfie Chewbacca Pants, uh, who's my... Uh, What's that name again, sorry? <laughs> it's Wolfie 
Yeah. Chewbacca pants. It's uh, it's my little dog. He's a he's a he's a giant in his uh, with his people. He's a he's a Yorkshire that has a bit of uh, Shih Tzu in him. My my family decided to call him Wolfie. We all had a vote, um, but his hair is so big. He looks like a Chewbacca, and uh, he's as crazy as me. So he he gets uh, a little bit more crazy than me. That's why he gets pants from Pantelidis, my surname. Uh, but yeah, he's my com- uh, companion for my long walks in the morning. Not many dogs have two names, they're only three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the vets the vets love him. Every time the, we go there, you, you know, big smile uh, on the face of the receptionist at the vets and they, they remember his full name. Okay. Um, okay, what are you currently reading, watching and or listening to? You could be all three or just a couple of them. Every second I can spare, I read, watch and do try to learn the ukulele. <laughs> So, so currently, I, I haven't because I read so much on um, academic papers, and we review so many for the uh, for the journal and other things. I I, I don't have much time to read. Um, I love reading fiction and science fiction in particular, but currently um, focusing only on the ukulele. Uh, and I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos uh, on how to play different songs and learn the chords and that sort of thing. How good are you? I am amazingly bad. <laughs> I'm okay, I'm okay, I guess. <laughs> How long have you been doing that? Uh, two and a half months now, okay. but I used to play the guitar, so um, I'm, I'm trying to re- retrain myself. Okay. Uh, describe your perfect weekend. Uh, it would have to involve a nice long walk with Wolfie very early in the morning so that we can get great shots of the uh, sunrise, then take the family uh, by the sea. Uh, it would involve sailing, possibly fishing, uh, it would involve. It would have to have a, a barbecue in it where friends come over. Um, so the Saturday would be very busy. We would uh, go to the theater with the family, um, and and then the next day, the Sunday would be the quiet one where we we chill and uh, we'll we'll do things at a very quiet pace. Get ready for the for the week ahead. Sounds pretty good. Finally, if you could invite three people to dinner, past or present, who would they be? Ooh, that's a that's a difficult one. Um, I would say I would probably invite Socrates, uh, Sun Tzu, and uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, and the reason why is because all three of them have something in common. And um, I believe anyway they have something in common. They have all been talked about and uh, things are written about their teachings uh, by others. Uh, I don't think uh, we have anything uh, in writing from either Jesus or from Socrates directly. Uh, Sanzu, uh, The Art of War, supposedly written by him, uh, has uh, some tactics that involve really large armies. So uh, I believe a lot of it was written by his, uh, the people who followed him many, many years later. So those three would be fantastic to have over for a barbecue and we can discuss philosophy. Thank you to Ioannis for his time. If you enjoyed this podcast or indeed the whole series, please do subscribe via Apple Podcasts or follow through Spotify. You can download this through many podcast providers. Until next time, it's goodbye.